This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. Keep listening for actionable tips and tricks to incorporate eco-friendly practices into your daily life. We've been featured by Apple as the number one podcast for conscious consumers, and we can't wait to welcome you into our community of changemakers. I'm Lisa. And I'm Laura. We're the founders of Brightly.eco, the new platform for conscious consumers. We believe in supporting all creatures, great and small. And our team of experts show you how to live and shop responsibly by sharing world-changing lifestyle ideas, products, and more. To read show notes from Good Together and to browse all of the planet-friendly goodness that we feature, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And to help spread the word about the podcast, tap on this episode and share Good Together with your friends and family. A simple text message helps us grow and create change around the world. you want to skip the big box stores and shop somewhere that's 100% carbon neutral, ethically sourced, and fairly priced, Thrive Market has your back. That's right. Thrive Market's goal is to make healthy and sustainable products accessible and affordable for all. While they have plenty of different grocery items to choose from, you'll also find beauty products, home goods, and more. Something we really love about Thrive Market is how easy it is to shop. Everything is personalized to you, and you can filter through the thousands of products by more than 70 dietary and lifestyle values. For instance, I can easily fill my cart with items that are vegan, from certified B Corps, biodegradable, BIPOC owned, and ethically sourced, all by checking off a few boxes. Thrive Market also has a one-for-one membership matching program, which I love. That means when when you pay for a membership, a free one will go to a low-income family, student, teacher, veteran, or first responder. Are you ready to shop? Go to thrivemarket.com slash goodtogether to get 25% off your first order and a free gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash goodtogether. We are all working hard on making our homes more sustainable these days, and that definitely includes your bedding. While cotton has been a popular bedding material for years, it's become increasingly clear that it's not always the best option for the environment. In today's episode, I chat with Colin McIntosh, the CEO and founder of Sheets and Giggles, an eco-brand beloved by the Brightly community. Listen in to learn about all of the eco-friendly bedding options available to consumers right now, differences between various materials and certifications, and how to make the best choice for yourself and the planet. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the new episode of Good Together. And today I'm talking to the founder of Sheets and Giggles, uh, a company you've uh, probably heard us talk about so many, many times, a company that we've been partnering with for uh, now over a year already. And so now I'm really excited to really get a chance for you guys, listeners, to meet the founder of this amazing brand. So Colin, without further ado, I would love for you to Introduce yourself, tell our listeners why you started the company and kind of why you chose, you know, to go into eco-friendly bedding. That's what we're talking in this episode, right? What are the different options in terms of eco-friendly, planet-friendly bedding options, products for your home? What are some different materials and how they compare to each other? So that's what we will be talking about today. But again, uh, Colin, please introduce yourself. Sure thing. And thanks for the warm introduction. And I also just want to say thanks to the whole Brightly community. It's a real uh, thrill for me to be on the podcast because we've seen so many posts from y'all and your ambassadors about Sheets and Giggles, about uh, Eucalyptus Lyle Cell, uh, spreading awareness about, um, you know, maybe the cotton industry's uh, insecticide usage or, um, you know, why polyester sheets are, are really bad for the environment. And it's been really, it's been really awesome to see. So thank you all for all your attention and everything that you've done in partnership with us. We're really happy to support Brightly and the community that you're building. And I just got to say, it's so impressive how quickly you all have built up um, such an incredible community uh, with, you know, through social media so quickly. So just congratulations to you real quick. Uh, thank you. Thank in. you so much, Colin. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, we definitely appreciate our community and their support as well. 
Mm, for sure. Well, so uh, a quick introduction for me. I'm Colin. I'm CEO and founder of Sheets and Giggles. I founded the company in 2017 uh, after being laid off uh, from my last job uh, very suddenly at 1 p.m. on a Monday. Um, wow. And I'll never I didn't forget. know that. Yeah. No, I, 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 yeah, it's it's one of my you know favorite things to tell people because I feel <laughs> like uh, I've been fired three times in my career. I'm a terrible employee, um, <laughs> and uh, and I like to mention that because a lot of times when people get fired or laid off or let go, um, it can feel like sort of a failure. Um, it's very emotional, um, and I always find that when you reach a point where you're ready for a you know quote unquote breakup with the company that you're working at, whether it's um, a layoff or, or being let go, it's always for the best. It's for the best emotionally, mentally, um, and, and oftentimes professionally. And so, uh, just to note to anyone out there that's, that's had a struggle lately. I, I used to be a recruiter. I've written, you know, free resume posts. If you need resume advice, it's out there. If you search for sheets and giggles resume, uh, <laughs> getting off topic, but, uh, I, but, uh, in any case, I, I really like, um, you know, just to mention that because I founded the company three weeks after I got laid off without last week's pay. Um, I had to buy back my laptop from the company to continue using it. Uh, you know, lost my healthcare suddenly. And um, I think a year later in 2018, Sheets and Giggles won first place. Uh, it was a year to the day, actually, September 25th, 2018. We won first place at Denver Startup Week, uh, which came with a really cool uh, $95,000 uh, prize. And then uh, a year after that, we uh, you know had a really big uh, holiday season in 2019, and we were you know had our first employees and we're moving pretty quickly. And then a year after that, in 2020, uh, three years after I founded the company, we were actually featured on Good Morning America as their small business spotlight for Black Friday, which was really uh, astounding. And um, it's just been a really, really tremendous growth curve. And, um, you know, we, we make sustainable products like you alluded to. And uh, it's just really great to see the, the reception to the fun, uh, differentiated brand that we've built in a pretty boring space. Yeah, no, I love your brand. I always, whenever I end up on your website, which is quite often because I've been gifting shits and giggles quite a lot. And of course we're chatting about <laughs> shits and giggles all the time, but I always tell Laura, I'm like, oh my God, there, you know, the copywriting uh, is amazing. Like even the FAQs I was just refer referring to, like it's it's so fun. Yeah, FAQs, right, is what we say. Yes, um, FAQs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we we have a lot of fun with the copy. I think in the I think the, the trick is in the beginning, all I had was copy. I'm not I'm not a visual designer. I'm not a graphic designer. Um, I'm not a social media expert. Uh, but I love copy. I I grew up on Seinfeld, um, SpongeBob, Dan Lebetard show. These are big influences in terms of how I write and how I speak. Um, and you know, for me, I always consider Sheets and Giggles as sort of the Seinfeld of betting brands. It's a uh, a brand about nothing, uh, which means that we can be a brand about, a brand about everything. So we can post, you know, one day about you know neonicotinoids and how they're killing bird and bee populations, and the next day we can post a you know a SpongeBob meme, and the day after that maybe we're doing like a free pizza giveaway, and the day after that uh, we're talking about microplastics in our waterways, and it's a lot of fun because it's all over the place, and we built a really eclectic community around that sort of you know brand that's not um too honed in or too taking itself too seriously in any one direction. Sorry, I'll make a note of that. Um I was I was unmute trying to unmute myself. <laughs> no um, worries. Okay, five yeah. You can leave. You can leave that in. It'd be funny to have a little little outtake. I, 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 I was do. like, I was like, oh my god, did I lose her? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, Laura we always kind of go back and forth. Should we do it or should we not do it? But I, I do love this idea of like just like keeping, uh, you know, the fun yeah, part. Like, well, and, um, well. So yeah, no, uh, I love it. My husband will love kind of your approach, like a brand about nothing. He's a huge Seinfeld <laughs> fan, um, and. Yeah, I think that's where maybe, may, maybe that's uh, kind of I'm trying to understand that why our partnerships are so successful, why our audience loves Shits and Giggles so much. Maybe because of our kind of like pretty similar approach, right? We really focus on making sustainability um, space and conversations more positive, right? Instead of just mm -hmm, throwing mm -hmm. a lot of negative and pretty depressing facts at our audience, right? Or whenever we do that, we try to kind of, uh, you know, serve these facts in a, in a not too depressing way. And also, of course, absolutely always follow up the, uh, this depressing facts with something simple steps that everybody can uh, can 
do to make this world a better place, right? Without just like uh, going into depression. <laughs> so I think that's good. Yeah, uh, it's it's that's actually one of the things that when I founded the company that was a core belief of mine is that sustainable products tend to lead with a lot of negativity, yes. a lot of um, anger. Uh, yeah. And, and this is, you know, this is five years ago when I was, when I was thinking about this stuff, you know, for, so, so the, the landscape has changed for sure. And I love to see the, the more positive, you know, uh, uh, we can make progress type of mentality and a more lighthearted mentality too. But yeah, I, I agree that, that the doom and gloom is just not very good and actually can lead to a lot of uh, paralysis for people in exactly. terms of taking action because mm -hmm. it feels very overwhelming when the news is constantly um, almost insurmountable uh, from like when you look think about it from a global perspective. But um, that's why a lot, I always like to think about millions and millions of people living imperfectly exactly. um, and, make, and making good choices, but you know, not perfect choices versus trying to live that perfect perfect life exactly yeah i'm glad that this kind of message resonates with so many founders that i've talked to as we always say brightly planet over perfection let's not forget that <laughs> um, uh, yeah so yeah let's get into the conversation so how are people making a difference um these days right these days are we're stuck at home we're spending a lot of time inside um things are getting better of mm. course but still uh, one way we can make a difference we are working on making our homes more sustainable sustainable, right? Um, and of course, that includes bedding, right? Yep. And cotton has been a po popular bedding material for years since it's a natural material, um, but it's becoming very clear that it's not the best option for the environment, right? So can we start with a kind of primer? Can you run us through all the eco-friendly bedding options uh, we now have as consumers? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've seen, so, so just in terms of cotton, so people can understand, mm -hmm. I, I don't like to, to badmouth anything too much and, and say, you know, that you should or shouldn't be doing one thing or the other. I just kind of like to uh, present the way that things are. So cotton is extremely water thirsty, for example, it uses uh, some estimates or thousands of gallons of water per sheet set, uh, depending on the manufacturer. Uh, we tend to estimate uh, a little bit over a thousand for the average cotton sheet set in terms of gallons of water used. Uh, it uses a ton of energy to create as well. Uh, and it also very crucially uses a huge amount of the world's pesticides and insecticides as a crop. Uh, I've seen estimates ranging from 16 to 24% of the world's insecticides are used on cotton. Uh, wow. And that includes ne and that includes neonicotinoids, um, which are used a lot on uh, cotton seeds and roots. And it actually is one of the uh, it's a nerve agent, um, and it ends up killing a lot of birds and bees. So that's one of the most harmful insecticides. It's actually been banned in Europe, but it hasn't been banned in Asia and in America, where a ton of the world's cotton is grown. Um, and so that's one thing I think people should really be conscious of when buying cotton is. Um, what goes into actually growing it and getting it ready uh, for sale. And um, I don't know it, if you know that actually talking about the cotton and how extremely thirsty it is, right? We actually recording this episode on March 22nd, which is World Water Day. Uh, I just wanted oh, to give right. a shout. Yeah, um, I, I've... my. My career started with an internship for a nonprofit that was focusing, you know, on water and sanitation issues. And yeah, like when you are realizing, you guys can find more information about World Water Day and like what I'm talking about when we're talking about water crisis and stuff like this and access to clean drinking water or the lack thereof. Uh, you can check it at worldwaterday.org. But, you know, when you know about like millions, it's almost a billion people who don't have access to clean drinking water. Um, in the around the world today right and then when you have these figures right of how much water it takes to produce just one pound of cotton 1300 gallons you know like the, these two things um really put things into perspective and um, I, I i think that and, and it's great thanks for pointing out that as well water day i i uh, blanked on that my social media team is posting about it but i totally forgot for ground personally <laughs> um and uh, i all the days seem to blend together for me a little bit now especially mondays Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. And I think, uh, that documentary series explained on Netflix did a pretty interesting one on this. It was by Vox and, um, it just went over how, you know, waters of fresh water is a finite resource. Using it for one thing necessarily means you cannot be using it simultaneously for another. It's sort of like mutually exclusive use. Um, and so 
uh, as the world's population continues to explode, uh, we really have to focus on reduction and, and freshwater usage. And so, um, yeah, it's a great, great thing to point out. And so we talked about cotton. Let's go through some other options. Uh, of course, I think bamboo, right? Bamboo bedding is a great, another great alternative. Can you kind of give us um, bamboo bedding 101, uh, just as a reminder? Yeah, absolutely. So, so it can be, it, it depends. And this is the tricky part for a consumer is understanding the how who's producing it and how it's being produced. So mm-hmm. bamboo can be can be grown without pesticides, which is great. Um, it can it uses little water, um, and it's you know a very fast growing crop. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely um, very similar to eucalyptus in in that sense, actually. Um, but uh, the thing about uh, bamboo viscose specifically, which is the number when you when you see bamboo, when you see bamboo sheets, bamboo shirts, um, any type of bamboo fabric, mm-hmm. mo- the vast majority of it is what's called bamboo viscose, which is made in a process that utilizes a very harmful toxic chemical called carbon disulfide. And that is a, uh, you know, a could be, can be a very, very negative environmental process. It depends on how that is captured and disposed of when the process is done. So it, it's, it, from figures that I've seen, it tends to be about a 50-50 percentage in terms of is disposed of properly or mm-hmm. is disposed of impro- improperly. And so, it's a little bit esoteric for the consumer to figure out, okay, was this bamboo viscose produced where the carbon sulfide was, uh, you know, safely uh, treated and removed, or was it, uh, you know, just dumped into a waterway uh, as, as a lot of it is. So I I would just say that there's an asterisk on bamboo, which is, um, you know, isn't always the most environmentally friendly because of what happens to the chemicals that are used uh, in each batch of wood pulp production. Uh, there's also another form of bamboo that I would recommend, but not necessarily for bed sheets, uh, where it's mechanically produced instead of chemically. So it's, mm-hmm. it's bamboo linen. Um, and bamboo linen, um, it's, it's rougher than, uh, viscose. Like it, it, viscose is very soft, has a very soft drape and yeah. hand and feel. Um, but bamboo linen is a little bit more rougher, more akin to a hemp feel. Uh, and so it's not really suitable for for super nice bedding, um, but and that's what makes up a very tiny portion of of bamboo fabric uh, is the mechanically processed one. So just a, I don't mean to be a downer. Um, I think that that bamboo viscose is a wonderful material. It just depends on who's producing it. And so I would simply inquire before buying from a company. Hey, how is your you know viscose uh, produced? What do you do with your carbon sulfide? What do you do with the chemicals? that you produce, uh, you know, during each batch of production. And some companies might have a very good reasonable answer and, and certifications as to what they actually do with that. And, and that's totally fine. And others will not. And you can avoid the ones that, that don't. Exactly. Exactly. Always do your research. Um, it, it does put more pressure on us as consumers. Uh, like we do have to go that extra step, that extra mile or whatever to really learn um, and think about very cohesively about the whole production of anything we are buying. You know, are people paid fairly? Uh, what is the packaging and all of that stuff? So and, and we and we get asked questions like that all the time. We, we put a bunch of info on our website. Mm-hmm, it's hard. To, it's hard. To, it's hard to list everything without being you know completely exhausted and and you know but we get questions via email phone call facebook all the time and we just answer them as honestly as transparently as straightforward as possible give them as much information as we can um and i love that type of interaction with people in fact what you mentioned packaging just a second ago one of the best interactions that i'll ever remember Mm -hmm. is um back in late 2018 we had just started shipping our first units uh, about a year after i had founded the company and we got an email from one of our customers. I, I believe his name was Jordan um, or JT. And he said, uh, hey, I really love the product. Sheets are fantastic. I love the sustainability and manufacturing. But the, the box uh, came in a uh, corrugated box, a, a brown box. And y'all put, um, you know, a, a, a plastic lining, a recyclable plastic lining, but a plastic lining around the sheets inside of the box. And I said, and I responded to him as a CEO and I said, Hey, this is great feedback. Um, you know, we do that because we have a white box. We're really worried about UPS and FedEx destroying it during transit. We want to have a very pristine, mm-hmm. good brand. 
Um, you know, further, we have you know the plastic lining because of water damage during transit. We want to make sure that if it gets left outside, the sheets don't get ruined on your doorstep or anything like that. And he pushed back and he said, look, that's all well and good. That makes sense. I think you guys can be smarter than that and, and be smart enough to get around it. And it was such a good, healthy, positive interaction without the, I still remember it very clearly without mm-hmm. any type of negativity or overt criticism or, you know, uh, judgment on terms of a new business trying to figure things out. And so we immediately went back to the drawing board. We ended up doing a purple box. So that way, a really dark purple box. So that way we could uh, not put a corrugated box around our box and we can actually just slap a label right on it. And let me tell you, UPS and FedEx beat up packaging like crazy. So our boxes, oh, yes. do, they do arrive scuffed up sometimes, scratch marks, you know, some dirt. And, it, and it's not our fault. We can't really do anything about that. It does bother me a little bit, but I think it's well worth the trade-off to not have that big corrugated box on the outside of your box. I, I think that's so weird. You order something online now. And it always comes like a box within a box or multiple boxes within a box. In any case, I digress. And the other thing that we did was we removed the plastic uh, lining. And now our sheets ship completely free in the boxes inside of a knapsack that's made from recycled or sorry, upcycled fabric from our factory floor. So we take the waste fabric, we turn it into knapsacks that you can use uh, in other walks of life or as a travel bag for your sheets. We put the sheet sets inside of those inside of the box and that's it. And so I think we're one of the only companies, if not the only company I know uh, in the bedding space that actually ships completely plastic-free packaging. And thanks to that very kind customer interaction that was very reasonable and smart, uh, we end, we've shipped our last, you know, 10, I don't even know how many tens of thousands of pieces now, maybe over 100,000 pieces without any plastic whatsoever and, and no corrugated boxes on the outside. Yeah, I was going to ask how, how many of the corrugated boxes you have kind of diverted <laughs> from, but yeah, uh, probably, 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 probably 50,000. Probably 50, yeah, 50, and, then, and then the, uh, yeah, and the same with the, the pieces of plastic. And so it adds up. I mean, I, you know, if you can, if you can write in my, my girlfriend actually does this all the time where she'll, uh, will go to a restaurant and they'll have, uh, whether it's plastic straws or, you know, something else that's just, you know, maybe single use plastic packaging for their condiments or whatever. She'll simply have a conversation with the manager and just say, hey, I was wondering if you knew that there were these companies in Colorado that have these eco-friendly alternatives to the same mm-hmm. type of things that you guys are using here. They're usually at a similar, maybe slightly higher cost. Um, but, you know, a lot of times she'll, ab- she'll be able to convince somebody to give them a try. And we've seen whole restaurants move uh, just from, you know, that type of polite suggestion uh, to a different packaging supply chain. And sometimes... The business owner isn't even thinking about it because they've got a million other exactly. things on their mind. And, and it just takes a, a, a kind comment um, that pushes people in the right direction. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So let's talk about one more uh, material that's um, beca- becoming more and more popular in the bedding space. It's organic hemp, right? It's a popular mm. option. It's stronger than cotton, at least from what I know, and very durable. So it won't break down when you wash it, right? I haven't tried, actually. I haven't, uh, I don't have bedding. Um, sheets or anything like that you only you only have sheets and giggles bedding and uh, yeah basically brand, brand loyalty yeah. yes uh, <laughs> so yeah tell me about hemp uh i personally like hemp for clothing i do not like it for bed sheets mm-hmm. i've slept on i've slept on hemp i've slept on hemp linen blends i've slept on hemp lyocell blends um and i personally and this is just a personal preference do don't think that hemp fabric is very suitable for ultra soft bedding we've we've sampled it we've Mm -hmm. produced our own we've we've seen what it feels like what it looks like we've given it to customers to give us feedback on hey what do you what do you think about this if we did some type of blend or even our own hemp line and we we can't figure it out at least not today if hemp ends up becoming more suitable for that really you know best in class uh you know really wonderful feel for bed sheets we will be one of the first people to adopt it. I, I simply don't think that it's there yet. And mm-hmm. one of the things with me that I think is uh, very important is that sustainable products need to also be, I think, superior to the non-sustainable products. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's something that I believe in my bones because, and I'm, like, I'm an American consumer. I'm, I'm, you know, probably just as selfish as 99% of people out there when it comes to my own personal buying decisions. But I tend, I grew up in a time in the 90s 
when a lot of the sustainable products were marketed as um, better for the environment, even though it's slightly lesser than as a product. And I think that kind of seeped into America's subconscious as, okay, maybe the product's sustainable, but I bet it's not as good as the unsustainable thing. And in the case of our sheets, that's just not true. And I would want to be really careful about introducing anything that I see as a subpar uh, sleeping experience. And, and that's just my personal opinion. And other people are more than welcome to disagree with me on that. No, I absolutely agree with you. Whenever I talk to ethical brand founders, especially in the fair trade space, if you know, uh, I've been in that space for many years, mm -hmm. you know, that had like this whole hippie kind of association, you know, like the early days of fair trade, this kind of chachki products. It's like, no, that's that's a really bad PR for that, uh, for that industry and for certification. And another thing, yeah, the your mission and environmental friendliness of your product or whatever you're doing, I always like to say it should be a cherry on top the first thing you have to have is amazing quality product that beats or competes at least in terms of performance quality exactly non-sustainable problem yeah otherwise exactly we, and, 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 and and hemp is wonderful fabric it's durable it's great i just i think it's too rough for for bedding and, and i and i i do i do have hemp apparel but um that's just a, a personal preference Great. All right. Well, let's talk about eucalyptus now, right? Let's talk about shits and giggles and why you guys uh, decided to go with eucalyptus lyocell, right? That's the main material that you're using for all of your products or just the sheets? Uh, so we use it for all of our products, sheets, mm -hmm. comforters, duvet covers, pillowcases, and throw blankets. And our and our heavy throws are actually, I think, um, my favorite thing that we produce. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the newest thing because they come in these gorgeous colors. and um, I mean, the sheets are, are obviously our flagship and my, my overall favorite thing, but I guess maybe I'm just having recency bias and staring at my throw blanket on my couch right now and absolutely adore it. I love, um, both Laura and I, we have the yellow ones and we love it too. Oh, the sunflower. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, no, everything's, everything's eucalyptus lyle cell. Um, and then, uh, for our comforters, we actually, uh, do a 50, 50, uh, eucalyptus lyle cell, uh, recycled polyester filling. Uh, the recycled poly is made from uh, water bottles that are pulled out of the environment and turned into recycled PET, uh, and then that's thermally bonded with the Lyle cell. Uh, it works really nicely as a as a filling because uh, it both holds heat and uh, but doesn't you know keep you suffocated or trapped underneath it. We get a lot of glowing reviews about how it's really wonderful for hot sleepers. Yes. Um, and we're we're actually uh, working on something really cool where not only are we going to have that recycled filling. Uh, but we're also, you know, we're, we're doing something with, with some of the plastic that's being put into our environment. Um, but we're also, uh, working on a solution to make it biodegradable as well within three years. Um, and stay tuned for that, but that should be announced and coming out with by sheets and giggles. Um, and the next, uh, one to three months, our, our comforters will not only have the recycled poly as 50, 50 filling with the eucalyptus lyle cell, but it will be biodegradable as well. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I've just interviewed uh, head of sustainability at Rothis, where um, you know they, um, as this actually episode uh, have been uh, will be published by then, they would have announced this that uh, their circularity uh, of their product. So I am I'm super excited. It's, it's cutting edge. It's brand. It's brand. It's brand new. It's something that I think is going to make major waves over the next twelve to twenty four months, where mm -hmm. you're going to start to see a lot of. Uh, a lot of, um, you know, recycled polyester products have this, uh, you know, uh, extra additive to it that makes it biodegradable. It's a really incredible thing. And we'll, we'll share more details that becomes mm -hmm. uh, available. That's great. Yeah, I love that brands are starting to think about, you know, end of life of the product, you know, like after uh, what happens to the product after not you just sold it to the customer, but also the customer kind of used it up. So uh, that's great. Well, in the, in, the, in, in the case of eucalyptus lyle cell, it actually biodegrades completely within nine weeks with, with no trace. So oh, wow. yeah, so if you if you put it in a landfill or God forbid the ocean, um, it'll it'll be gone in about two and a half months. And uh, it's, it's a lot faster than cotton and, um, it's a, there's, you know, it's our, our sheets are USDA bio preferred certified. Um, and so that basically means that it's, uh, biodegradable and plant-based material. Um, and that's a, a really great certification for people that are worried about end of life, 
um, and, and what happens to products after they're disposed of. So it's literally if I throw my sheets into like my garden, into the soil, they will like biodegrade. And, like... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how biome rich the soil uh, behind your house yeah. is, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, you could bury, you could bury your sheets <laughs> and then, and then let us know, let us know how many months it takes, but it'll be a little faster in a, in a landfill where it's a little more biome rich. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Real Paper, tree-free toilet paper made from 100% bamboo. Our community has been asking us about paper-free swaps for items around the house, so this alternative to traditional toilet paper is right up our alley. I don't know about you, Laura, but I always run out of toilet paper. Me too, and I love that Real Paper delivers direct to your home while also using plastic-free packaging. It makes stuff so much easier. Also, while you probably haven't considered the environmental impact of your bathroom habits, unfortunately, over 27,000 trees are flushed down the toilet every day across the world. That's a lot of waste. And by using paper that comes from bamboo, you're supporting a product made out of renewable, eco-friendly resource. It's also super soft, and I couldn't tell a difference between the 100% bamboo paper and what I'm used to. Good Together listeners get 25% off your first order by using code BRIGHTLY at realpaper.com. That's R-E-E-L paper.com. Oh my God, Laura, I just had my favorite vegan lunch ever. It was a green Thai curry. That sounds amazing, but what's your secret? I feel like plant-based meals have always been a pipe dream for me. I've been trying to cut down on my meat consumption, but I really don't have time to think up and prepare filling, tasty vegan meals. Same here. I've been participating in a vegan cooking challenge with the Bridley community, and I feel like I've totally failed. Seriously. <laughs> I feel like I've learned so many more meatless recipes this year, but when it comes to vegan cooking, I'm still very much intimidated. So when Thistle reached out to us, it was the perfect timing. Thistle's plant-forward meals are seriously tasty and are delivered ready to go on your doorstep. Right now, they're just on the West Coast, but they're adding more locations. Anyway, I was really surprised at how filling and super creative the meals are. The spices and the sauces they include are really unique and tasty. I loved how fresh everything was as well, given that it's mostly vegetable-based. Laura, I know both you and I love to cook, especially during the pandemic, but it's been a great addition to our weekly routines. It's a quick alternative to take-out lunches between Zoom calls. Absolutely. Thistle is plant-based eating on autopilot. You don't even have to think about it, and bam, you're eating better for the planet. Good Together listeners can get $100 off with the code BRIGHTLY at thistle.co. That's T-H-I-S-T-L-E dot co. Cool. So what some, are some other benefits of uh, eucalyptus? I know we've talked about, you know, biodegradable, you know, all natural. Uh, let's talk a bit more about eucalyptus. Why is it the best? I'm even curious, like, what really kind of made you uh, decide on eucalyptus as your preferred material? What was that one main factor? Well, I, so it was, it was just materials research. So I was, so I was researching cotton, organic cotton. I was researching, uh, bamboo viscose. I was researching modal, um, which is another form of cellulosic rayon. Um, I was researching, uh, hemp and I was meeting with different manufacturing partners, different people, um, who have different cut and sew operations all across the world. And, uh, I was really focused on finding the perfect material. When I say perfect, I mean, it had to be, like we talked about earlier, superior to the unsustainable options, so superior to cotton and polyester. Um, and then it also had to be something that was, uh, you know, top of the line in terms of sustainability and manufacturing. And so it was really probably about six months of research uh, and, and development and meetings uh, that I had. We did a few, uh, a, a few samples with a few different manufacturing partners. And I ended up deciding to uh, go forward with the eucalyptus lyle cell because in my, and I do things a little intuitively sometimes, it was by far the most sustainable option out of everything with the exception of potentially hemp. Um, and it was also, it was it's a closed loop product. I can go into the kind of the more finite or the more intricate details, um, but it was also the best product by far to sleep on. And that for me was so crucial just in terms of the breathability, the coolness, the softness, 
uh, has a lower coefficient of friction than cotton, zero static, hypoallergenic. Um, and, and really the key difference in sleep quality is going to be the moisture management. So eucalyptus lyle cell has incredibly superior moisture management. And what that means is human beings sleep better and more soundly throughout their non-REM cycles when you are uh, dry and cool. And so when you sweat, uh, a lot of times with a fabric like cotton, which has a wavy filament, um, or a fabric like polyester, which you know is, is notorious for trapping heat and moisture, uh, you'll wake up in a pool of sweat or overheating, and it will interrupt your sleep cycles. And so what eucalyptus lyle does is it will wick, distribute, and evaporate moisture across the bed sheet incredibly efficiently compared to any other fabric. Um, and that's because of the cellular technology of the lyle cell, as well as uh, the perfectly cylindrical filament of the fiber. Um, and so th those are the main sleeping benefits. And then from a sustainability side, that's a whole other host of reasons um, that I'm happy to go into. But I just want to make sure I take a moment to breathe. Yeah, I know. No, I think that's that's enough of facts. And um, if, for for the few listeners who haven't, uh, who don't have shits and giggles, uh, sheets Very few, sure. yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> So let's talk about um, polyester versus lysol. You recently shared with me something a very interesting fact: um, a single polyester sheet can leach. 120 million microplastic fibers into our waterways every single year. Um, can you talk uh, a bit about that? Because I know, our, again, plastic issues are very important for our community. Um, we have been sharing more and more facts, as you said, on our social about microplastics a lot. There are so many microplastics, unfortunately, a lot of products surrounding us. Um, and so, and especially when we're talking about sheets and the you know, where we're sleeping eight, what, eight, 10, whatever hours every single day, um, something that touches our skin, that's a big problem. So can you t tell us the difference between polyester and lyocell on that front? Uh, absolutely. So, so we're just on the front end to talk about, uh, so, so lyocell, eucalyptus lyocell has no, there's no plastic in it. There's mm -hmm. no petroleum, there's not, there's no petrochemicals. Um, it is, it's made via a closed loop process where uh, the wood is processed into a fiber using a non-toxic solvent called amine oxide. And then that, that solvent is actually recaptured and reused nearly 100%. I think it's like 99.5% uh, for the next back batch of production. So it's a really, really wonderful closed loop system um, where you have wood in, fiber out, um, and then that fiber ends up being spun into a very, very, very soft, uh, very smooth, uh, delicate yarn. Uh, and that becomes our sheets. With uh, polyester, it's petrochemicals, so it's made from uh, petroleum. And that, uh, those products, I think, we're all becoming very aware of. Uh, the, one of the major problems, aside from the fact that they never biodegrade and they never grow away and they're with us forever, um, you know, aside from off-gassing, uh, aside from uh, you know, a, a few other different problems with polyester, uh, they also leach microplastic fibers like crazy into our environments. And I was reading research lately uh, that I shared with you uh, ahead of time because it was something so interesting to me in terms of some of the latest research that's coming out in terms of just how much these fabrics are leaking off in terms of microplastics. So uh, whenever you wash a polyester sheet set, based on, you know, assuming about five pounds is the average sheet set, and, you know, you can give or take that a, a pound or two in, in a direction if you want to, you know, be more precise with exactly what yours are. Um, but that will, if you wash that once per month, each wash, it will leach up to nine or 10 million, um, microplastic fibers into the waterways. And if you wash it once a month, which the average American washes their sheet once a month, uh, actually for women, it's 23 days for men, it's 29 days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if you wash your sheets once a month, uh, that's upwards of a hundred million or more microplastic fibers that are being released into your waterways every year from just one polyester sheet set. And so, you know, with the amount of sheet sets that we sold last year, we estimate that we've prevented in the last 12 months uh, upwards of 3 trillion microplastic fibers from being released into waterways. Um, and, you know, awesome. uh, yeah, it, it's really it's really fun to, to do some of these. Yeah, put the numbers, right. Exactly. Gr grotesque numbers. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. I mean, we, you know, we, we plant a tree for every order and we see, you know, tens of thousands of trees planted and we can add up the gallons of water and turn it into, you know, um, you know, millions of years of human drinking water and, and what that calculation looks like. And, um, 
you know, it, it's just so much fun to be able to kind of put these together in an infographic, which we're going to share on Earth Day this year. Um, but in any case, uh, it, yeah, microplastics are, are, I think, I actually, it's so funny timing-wise. Last night, uh, John Oliver came out with a great piece on plastics in our environment. And apparently the new the new statistic, and it's, you know, it's a statistic from, from John Oliver's show, so it may or may not be 100% accurate, although I think mm-hmm. his research is really, sa- really sound a lot of times. The statistic that he shared is that the average human is ingesting through the food that they eat and the water that they drink about a credit card's worth of microplastic every week, which is wow. insane. And, and that is something that, that I am going to have to share more broadly with, with our audience and with on social and, and with my own personal audience. And uh, it's making me want to buy a very, very advanced uh, water filter for my home. I'll tell you that. Um, but in any, in any case, uh, polyester is just one of those things that I would highly encourage people to, to not purchase any virgin polyester. And you know, that means newly created polyester. Um, I see a lot of that in apparel brands, really high end apparel brands, because it's really good for performance because it's, it's mm-hmm. so durable. Yes. Um, but the other, the other thing about polyester that makes it so ubiquitous and polyester actually accounts for almost two thirds of home textiles. So when you go on Amazon and you search for queen sheets, it's all polyester. The $19 sheet sets, the $30 sheet sets, the $40. Yeah. That is just polyester microfiber until you, you run out of pages to click through on Amazon. And it's because it costs, and I'm kidding you not, it would cost us through our manufacturing connections that we have if we wanted to, which we will not and will never, $3 <laughs> per sheet set to make a set of polyester microfiber sheet sets. Wow. And so yeah, you can sell you can sell them for twenty bucks and make a pretty handsome profit margin. Um, but you know, think about that in terms of when you see polyester apparel, the square yardage difference between a sheet set and a t-shirt is astounding. And I see polyester shirts for some brands going for eighty bucks, ninety bucks, and and it blows my mind. So at the very least, make sure polyester that you're buying is recycled, so that way it's actually doing something productive with mm-hmm. plastic waste. And if you can't avoid it, um, you know, please, I would just say, do not buy any virgin polyester and, and newly made polyester. Yep. No, that's uh, that's very interesting facts, and I, I will want uh, I will rewatch the John Oliver episode. I, I love that. Oh, blue! It was a terrible way to start my morning, but I, <laughs> I watched I watched it anyway. No. So yeah, so last question in terms of making decisions um, on bedding for your own home and your own life. So what are some other kind of certifications? You've mentioned an interesting one, maybe mention a few more. I know you guys have a bunch of certification on your website. Mm-hmm. What are some certifications that people should be looking for when purchasing sheets or comforters and stuff like that? I mean, I think some baseline ones would be like vegan certifications, cruelty-free certifications. Um, you know, I think that 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 those are are fairly simple for most brands to get. A lot of these certifications, um, some of the, some of them can be more pay-to-play. So I'd also, uh, you know, it's hard for this stuff is so esoteric for consumers. I swear yes. it's crazy. Some some of these things cost tens of thousands of dollars. And so if you're if you're a small brand and you're just starting out, I mean it's nearly impossible to get some certifications, and it's it's fairly simple to get others. So quick ones I would look for would be vegan, cruelty free. Um, I would look for OKOTEX certifications. Um, OKOTEX, it's O O E K O T X certified. Um, that that's one that basically should be on every bed sheet that you buy. It means it's harmless. Basic bottom line, right? It's basic bottom line. It's, It's harmless without exception. Um, and then they, they have a new certification that we actually have for our fabric um, that's OKOTEX Made in Green. That's a really cool certification. Um, and the, the Made in Green certification uh, basically means that, A, it's been tested for harmful substances, um, but then also it's been manufactured using sustainable processes with socially responsible working conditions. Okay, that's um, amazing. Yeah, that's very important for yeah. me personally. Tell me a kind Same. of silly question, but... What does vegan and cruelty-free mean in terms of production of sheets? <laughs> I'm like, are there animals making them? <laughs> animal, a- yeah, an, animal, animal, animal labor, animal parts, uh, it, it, made in factories that also process, um, you know, animal products. Uh, you know, no, no leather. Or anything. Like, it, there's a, it, it just is basically means that it's, uh, you know, th- that we don't use goose down filling in our comforters. Um, th- things like, things like that. And, and I think those are, that's just a basic one that I think, um, most people can get. Yeah. Got it. Awesome. Um, anything else? And, and then, 
Yeah, yeah. There's uh, we were recently USDA Bio Preferred certified. I think that's a great one. That's in terms an of like we talked about one. earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, end of life. It basically certifies the materials plant based, um, and will will break down um, over time without a trace. Uh, and then uh, there are other other certifications that we have and and that we'll be seeking. Um, you know, obviously, you can look for the organic certification, although that has a lot to do with you know soil quality, how animals are treated. Um, there's, a, there's a bunch of different things that go into that as a USDA certification. Um, and, uh, you know, there's all, of course fair trade certified and, and a few other things that I would look for for products. And really, I think it's, it's mostly about what's relevant to the industry and to the product. And I think that a good company can explain the certifications they have and why in a very concise way, uh, in order to give a consumer confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's super important um, because yeah, it, there's so many different certifications. But yeah, if you can explain it's, it's a big it succinctly, industry. yeah, it, exactly. That that that's the thing that bothers me with the certifications nowadays is that it it's becoming a little bit too monetized. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we get reached out a lot from a bunch of different governing bodies saying, "Would you like a certification in this? Would you like a certification in this?" And we we almost have to meet about it every couple weeks and say. Which ones do we want to pursue? Which ones do we not? Because they all have a price tag associated with them, um, as well as a time and energy and resources tag in terms of the team working on getting these certifications. And so, you know, it, it's it can be a little frustrating. I like the big ones in terms of uh, what's in the product, how's it made, and uh, is it is it uh, good for me to sleep on and harmless without exception. Makes sense. So last question of our discussion, we know your bedroom is already as eco-friendly as it gets, of course, but um, (laughs) I always like to ask our guests, tell us a few more, maybe eco-friendly tips, something, maybe habits or things that you've changed in your life uh, to live more sustainably. Uh, Well, I will tease one thing. My, My bedroom is not as sustainable as it could be because my mattress is not yet a Sheets and Giggles mattress, but that will be coming out before long. So I'm just going no to tease that. I'm so excited audience. about this. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be great. I'm it's, I've got the prototype in my, not my bedroom. I've got my prototype in my living room right now. So it's, and I'm, I'm moving from an apartment to my, actually just bought my first home. So I will finally have a guest room. And so I will have the sheets and giggles mattress and the other mattress uh set up uh as of next week and it's right hot off the presses we've been working on it for a couple months and um i'm very excited to to get these in production before long but that's a little tease uh we're also going to be coming out with uh you know sustainable uh sustainably made and reclaimed bed frames uh we're going to be coming out with sustainable mattress toppers mattress protectors that's actually the trick about mattress protectors that i think is really tough is it's really hard to make a good protector without use of a plastic sheathing or polyester. Um, and so we're going to be coming out with one of the only mattress protectors that is completely plastic free um, and poly free. Uh, and then uh, we're also going to be coming out with pillows as well before long. That one's super tricky for me because I actually personally have a herniated C4, C5. And I'm really, really careful about what pillows I would ever recommend mm-hmm. to a, a large audience. Yeah. And so when S&G does come out with our pillows, you can be rest assured, no pun intended, yeah. uh, that, that uh, I'll have tested them extensively myself. But in terms of other, uh, so that was just a product ad but for products that don't even exist yet. Uh, <laughs> but in terms of like the, the tips and the tricks uh, for my home living, um, I, I try to shy away from giving people personal advice because I'm, again, I'm an imperfect person. Mm-hmm. My, my girlfriend is actually, um, a regenerative real estate agent. And that's been something that's on my mind lately for my new home that I'm moving into something that's not really available for apartment living, um, is being able to choose my own paints, my own floorboards, my, yes. my, ca- my cabinets, my water tank and doing it you know a non a non-tank water heater right um and there's so many different things that you know we're getting solar panels put in on the house and um there's so many things that are that are i and i've been thinking about this a lot lately unattainable to people that that don't have a home home of their own and it's really frustrating yeah and so and so um but in terms of that type of regenerative living and sustainable living um, I just try to do my best and I try to avoid polyester as much as possible in both my apparel 
and my betting, obviously. I try to buy a lot of used things instead of new things. I, you know, if you walk into a thrift store, mm-hmm. there is there are more things that human beings have created than we will ever need. Um, and Absolutely. so I, I buy all my glassware from thrift stores. Um, I buy, uh, you know, most of my uh, dishes and, and uh, you know, utensils and, and other things like that from, from thrift stores. Um, and then, uh, you know, just in terms of uh, making sure that you're choosing paints that aren't off-gassing, uh, making sure that you're choosing, uh, you know, things in your life that, that are low VOC. Um, and, uh, you know, these are the things that I've been thinking a little bit more about lately because as a first-time homeowner. Um, but uh yeah those, those are just a couple things yeah no that's super helpful and um yeah so so many decisions uh we just make in our everyday life a tiny decisions but they do all add up and make a huge yeah. impact okay well yeah. thank you so much colin that's been a uh, really fun uh to finally have you on the podcast and learn even more about how you guys do things how you make decisions and what's uh, in their lineup for you in terms of products exciting Thank you. I appreciate you letting me talk about SNG and, and, you know, for anyone interested in sheets and giggles, uh, you can go on Brightly's page. I'm sure we've got a post or two up uh, <laughs> with, with you guys. And um, if they need to find me, I'm Colin Sheets and Giggles, sheetsgiggles.com. Uh, really easy to find and, and reach out to. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Edward. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. As always, you can get show notes and explore lots more content related to all things eco-friendly living by checking out brightly.eco slash podcast. And don't forget to join in on the conversation that's happening on our Facebook group. Simply search Good Together Ethical Shopping and it'll come up. You can also leave us a question through voicemail. The link is on brightly.eco slash podcast. If you're into social media, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the channels. Our username is brightly.eco. Finally, we want to leave you with a reminder. Every day is a chance for you to create change, and you're already covered for today since you joined us here on the podcast. Stay kind and live brightly.